Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is based in large part of the book Born Ready, The Mixed Legacy of Len Bice. Some quotes are narrated by Dave Ungrady, a podcast producer and the author of the book from interviews done for the book. Recordings for these comments were not available. I was a big fan of Lenny Bias. I just loved his game because, you know, he was just a phenomenal player. We both loved Dr. J. And they say Dr. J would not leave until he signed the last autograph or did the last interview. You told me for the book that that's he, that he introduced you to cocaine that night. You did tell right. me that. Yes, correct. That's correct. That's correct. Right. I have never ever known to to use drugs to this day. Aside from someone else saying it, he said I'm not interested. He said there's something about him that, that concerns me. Boston Celtics. Select Len Bias of the University of Maryland. Yeah, I really was hoping that it was Boston. And my dream came true. This is a great kid. He's going to play. Our biggest part of the pitch was that he would be our guy, really. And then he just said, yeah, I, can't, I wish my mom was part of this. Like, I can't wait to get home and see my mom. Up next, Len Bice, a mixed legacy, Barnstormer and Boston. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody ride to their feet. Bill. Greatness in the flesh. Yeah. What uh, we doing? Barnstorming. Barnstorming. We ain't ballin'. Barnstorming. Barnstorming. Yeah. The college playing days of Len Bias were not over after Maryland lost in the second round of the NCAA tournament in 1986. About a month later, Bias was back in North Carolina playing basketball, but in a much more relaxed atmosphere. Well, actually, the Barnstorming Tour started uh, in North Carolina exclusively in, in 1957 when Lenny Rosenblum and that 
UNC team went 32 and 0 and beat Wilt Chamberlain in triple overtime. They got back uh, to Chapel Hill, um, and people were so excited they they started doing these. Uh, you know, there the, the, were I believe four seniors on that team. They went out and they played uh, games just to sort of thank the fans. And it continued through the 60s, primarily with the University of North Carolina. That's Mike Sumner, the founder of the ACC Barnstorming Tour. He started it in 1982. The tour gathers seniors from Atlantic Coast Conference schools, pays them to play in all-star games that are more fan-friendly than fierce competitions. I was a big fan of Lenny Bias. I just loved his game. Lenny came down. He spent two weeks uh in the Carolinas and Virginia and South Carolina playing games. Um, and these guys get paid. He was a great, he was a great draw because, you know, he, he was just a phenomenal player. In April 1986, the life of Len Bias was in transition. He expected to be a top pick in the NBA draft two months later. Len said he wanted to complete his degree, that he wanted people to know that he had graduated from the University of Maryland. He would consider it an accomplishment, he said. But an academic advisor told his coach, Lefty Drizel, that Len was struggling that semester. Drizel said Bias should consider dropping some courses to avoid failing grades. Listen, if he had passed his 15, I might have been taking 18 the last semester, right? He would have been six credits short. Told him, I said, Leonard, you ought to drop drop all the courses or take incomplete, but don't fail. Bias said no, he wanted to pass them. He said, well, I'll, I'll pass, Coach. I know all these professors. I'll, they'll pass me. I know I've been missing a lot of classes. And he flunked them all. Do you know that he was paying his way to go to summer school? Because I had a rule a couple years before, because a lot of my players were flunking a course, or one, you know, one course or something, so they would have to go to summer school to get their degree. And I said, look, if you flunk a course because you uh, tried and went to class and took the exam and everything, and you still flunk, I'll pay your way to summer school. But if I talk to the professor and he says the guy didn't come to class and take the exam, I'm not paying your way to go to summer school. He just didn't go to class. Wendy Whitmore, the academic advisor for Bias, said he struggled with the fact that he was failing classes and that he took his academics seriously. But she said he stopped attending classes after the fall semester. Podcast producer Dave Ungrady from his book about Bias. Wendy Whittemore told me, Len had a sense of dignity. He was intelligent. He knew it, and I knew it. Still, Bias ended up dropping two courses. He flunked three others and fell 21 credits short of graduating. Whitmore blamed Bias's academic failures that semester on being a basketball star with a bright NBA future. Maryland's athletic director, Dick Dull, said it was unrealistic to think that Bias would complete his five courses that semester, that the pressure Len felt to prepare for a career in the NBA was inconsistent with studying and finishing a degree. The final months of Len Bias's life were filled with lots of free time. It was fun, adventurous, a bit careless, and by the end, fatally reckless. The fun part started with the Barnstorming Tour, a two-weeks hoops roadshow through the Carolinas. Sumner compared the games to a Harlem Globetrotters event. Play as loose and bending the rules as common, and Len fit right in. And Lenny 
took the game seriously when it needed to be taken seriously. But if we were playing the Roanoke Rapids Police Department or the PTA from someplace, he had fun with it. You know, he'd be at foul line, and he'd go grab a kid to shoot his foul shots. That's how well he connected with people. And then I can remember one time we were out there playing, and uh, the ACC was up probably about 40 points, and he just sat down in the stands and started yelling and screaming at the other players to do certain things. And he just sort of got it. He understood that, 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 that these games weren't about people watching basketball. They were an event. But these people never have a chance to see these athletes. And Lynn would not leave the gym until everybody got an autograph. And so the autograph session would go sometimes with Lynn an hour to an hour and a half. And everybody else was, 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 was in the locker room. And there was Lynn out there signing autographs. And I, and I asked Lynn one night about it. And, and he said, well, when I was a little boy, I, I tried to get an autograph. At a, at, a, at, a, at a basketball game, and I couldn't get it. And I said to myself, that would ever going to happen to me if I ever got to be famous. So that was kind of a neat story. John Sally played in some of the barnstorming games with Bias. We both loved Dr. J. And they say Dr. J would not leave until he signed the last autograph and did the last interview. Sumner recalls how Bias connected with a disabled boy. We were playing out in the eastern part of the state in a in a little small town. Back then, the Muscle Dystrophy Association is who we raised money for. And so they would always, their association would always bring kids to the game. And um, there was a young man who probably, uh, uh, he was about maybe 13 or 14 years old, but he was a huge Maryland fan. And we got to the second game in a city that was maybe 50 miles away. And he was there. His mother had brought him there. And so Lynn, Lynn took to him and took him back to the locker room and gave him his tennis shoes. And, you know, these guys would take their jerseys off sometimes and give them to people. And, you know, we only have a certain amount of jerseys we had. <laughs> and uh, and I, I'd always say, hey, I'll give it back to you, but I need this for tomorrow. And so, uh, uh, but, but, but he gave that young man a jersey and, uh, uh, and his tennis shoes. And, but that happens a lot with these guys that, that you know, that they understand the value and, 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 you know, and reaching down to people who had some struggles. And then there's the careless part. While in North Carolina, Bias also found time to use cocaine with former NC State star Chris Washburn. That's according to Washburn. Then a sophomore, Washburn met Bias earlier that year when the Wolfpack played against Maryland in College Park. I just had to see, you know, how tall Lynn was, how he was built, all this kind of stuff, because that would give me my... My satisfaction once we got on the court kind of bring my nerves down. Once we got on campus, we had a shoot around. Coach said we could just hang out for a little while and go back to the hotel. Me and Nate went off to the where the, where the classes were. And I was asking folks, where's Lynn at? Where's Lynn? And they actually directed me to the building and the class where he was at. And I guess the bell had rung when we went through and he was walking down the hall and I saw him and we talked right then for, for just a few minutes. And I did. Just had to see the physical him. And that's the first time I'd seen him. And, you know, and I felt a little more at ease because I was a little taller than him. So I thought that was going to hold some weight when we played. You know, but again, we only spoke for a second. We said, well, I see you tonight at the game. Some three months later, Washburn claims Bias introduced him to cocaine. About, about 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, I get knocked at my door. His name was uh, CeeLo. And um, but his actual name was Charles Logan. Uh, when I opened the door up, uh, uh, 
Lynn popped around the corner. And I was, you know, I was surprised, you know, Lynn in town. I had a 750 class that morning. And uh, let's just say I never made it to that class. You told me for the book that that's he, that he introduced you to cocaine that night. You did tell right. me that. Yes, correct. That, correct. That's correct. Right. Yeah, they went off to the bathroom and then and, and used my phone and stuff. And I went back to sleep, but I had to get up for my 750 class. They were still in the bathroom, so they had been in four or five hours. When someone asked you to try something of an of 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 a status, you know, that I put them on. You know, I didn't want them to think I'm not cool. You know what I'm saying? So you, you offered me something, I tried, you know? So are you surprised that Len was doing that? I was I was surprised, yeah, because again, I'd never done it. When I tried that, you know, um, it, 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 it made a big change in my life. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, I never went back to class. Um, I ended up leaving the state. When they left that morning, I never left and went to class after that. You know, I, I kind of stayed in the room, and then because once that high wore off, and it was such a new drug, I found myself riding around Raleigh, you know, wanting to find it, but scared to ask people for it because everybody knew who I was. I was hooked the day one. First hit, I was hooked. When I actually went to the NBA, I was already damaged good. No one is alive to confirm Washburn's story. Logan passed away before Washburn told podcast producer Dave Ungrady the story in 2010 when he was working on his book about bias. Derek Wittenberg was an assistant coach on the NC State team in 1986. At that time, he says he was assigned to be the chaperone for Washburn. Washburn had pled guilty to stealing stereo equipment from an NC State football player when he was a freshman. As a sophomore, he was on probation. Yeah, I don't believe that. It, 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 the story, I would believe Chris would, 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 would offer him something. <laughs> I would believe that more than the other way around. Washburn was the number three pick in the NBA draft in 1986, one behind Bias. He played parts of two seasons in the NBA and received a lifetime ban from the league in 1989. He later served prison time for drug-related offenses. Washburn stopped using cocaine in 2000. Bias drove to Carolina with his mentor, Johnny Walker, who spent about a week with Bias on the tour. Walker helped manage what he called the Len Bias Everything Must Go vending stand set up at some of the games. Johnny Walker told me we had the life-sized poster of him. He got game shorts, jerseys, other people's jerseys, practice gear. We sold so much stuff. He got paid so much money. He said, whatever it is, just keep it. Walker recalled he and Bias were part of a caravan of players on the tour, speeding from one site to the next, driving at about 100 miles per hour. He says they were stopped by police but did not receive a ticket after an NC State player talked to the trooper. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast. And this time... 
with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern-day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Lem Bias, The Mixed Legacy, on the 8th Side Network. Bias had started to spend more time with Brian Tribble by June. Tribble was one of the three others with Bias when he died. Their friendship had grown quickly and perplexed some of those who knew Bias well. Bob Wagner, Bias's high school coach, says he first heard of Tribble after Bias died and was surprised the two were friends. I didn't know anything about this kid, Brian Tribble. Boyhood friend Brian Waller said that he met Tribble only once. When Waller would ask about Tribble, Bias would defend him. Brian Waller told me, he's my friend. He likes working out. He likes playing ball. Likes lifting weights. That's my man, okay? Walker, Bias's mentor, recalled stopping by Bias's dorm once for a planned visit and later discovered he was at Tribble's apartment. Walker told me, I paged Len. He finally called back. I asked, where you at now? I thought I told you I was coming up for something. Bias said, I'm up the street at Tribble's house. I rode up to Tribble's house. I got there and asked, what's there to do up here? Oh, no, we were just up here working out. Tribble had some weight machines there. I said, why would you have to come up to his apartment to work out when you can work out any time you want in a room full of workout equipment? I don't understand it. Tribble confirmed in a conversation with Walker after Bias died that Tribble and Bias did, in fact, use cocaine that night. Another time Walker stopped by to visit Bias, he noticed the herb Golden Seal in his room. For a time, Golden Seal was thought to help mask the presence of drugs during a drug test. Court testimony by Maryland players Terry Long and David Gregg at the trial of Tribble following Len's death was revealing about Bias's cocaine use. 
long admitted that he snorted cocaine with Greg and Bias at Tribble's apartment after a game against NC State in College Park. The game took place on January 23, 1986. Long also testified that Bias introduced him to cocaine in 1984 at the beginning of his sophomore season. Bias gave him the drug in a folded dollar bill. Tina Maynard met Len Bias in September of 1985. Two weeks after Len died, she gave birth to a boy she claims is Len's son. Tina Maynard told me, I wouldn't say he was addicted to it. He just liked using it. It was not new to him. I'm not trying to talk bad about him. He was human. I just wish people would be honest with everything. Still, many close to Bias claim they never saw him use drugs or alcohol. Jeff Baxter was Len's roommate for four years. I have never known to, to use drugs to this day, aside from someone else saying that. I know he always had cash. I don't know, but I don't think it, I don't, I don't, I can't say that it was, you know, University of Maryland booster related or anything like that. I don't know. I don't know, but I do know he always had cash. That's for sure. I said, yeah, I, if I wanted something, he'd get it. Bias mentor Johnny Walker claims Bias received money and gifts from fans. He recalled the time one summer when Bias called someone on the phone saying he needed money. Walker told me he'd throw out a random number. I sat in the car while he talked to the guy who gave him all crisp $100 bills. We would go from there to spend money on clothes. He had no problem spending up to $500, $600, $700 on clothes. If he was spending money, he'd never say it was drugs. It was clothes. Walker recalled free lunches in College Park and a time they walked into a Circuit City store to buy a stereo and walked out with a receiver, speakers, cassette deck, and turntable for free. But there was a catch. Walker told me, the guy comes up, says, hey, man, you lend bias? Hey, man, give me some tickets to the Carolina game and I'll give you the stereo. Pull around to the loading dock and will load up your car. Whether he took care of the tickets, I don't know. He was a free spirit. We had a lot of good times. Before the start of the barnstorming tour, John Sally had just finished his playing days with Georgia Tech. He joined the tour with Bias and recalled the large amounts of money that players received. Lenny was like, yo, man, you can make like $30,000 on this. They didn't want to pay me no $30,000. They gave Lenny all the damn money. That's what I remember. <laughs> I think he was making um, seventy five hundred a game. Can you imagine yeah. in nineteen eighty six? Seventy guys in the NBA wasn't making that regular in games. Mm -hmm. I got I got thirty five hundred, but I would think that Lenny was getting at least above five thousand. I would say seventy five. Despite all that, Bias showed signs of needing money days before the draft. John Brown opened Bentley's Restaurant in College Park in the late 1970s near the Maryland campus. Brown has been a longtime supporter of Maryland athletics and often hosted meals for Maryland teams at the restaurant. A couple of days before the NBA draft, Bias stopped by to say hello to Brown, and the two enjoyed lunch together. After the meal, Bias asked to borrow money. 
In late March, Bias had secured a loan of about $20,000 from a local bank. He used the money to lease a Nissan 300SX. A story in the Washington Post told of Bias's shopping sprees during the spring of 1986. He bought a 14-karat gold chain worth $1,300, nameplates for a friend and himself for $550, and jewelry for many of his female friends. The report also claimed that he bought suits and purchased two $1 million disability insurance policies. Brown was surprised that Bias needed more money. John Brown told me, I said, Len, what happened to all your upfront money? He said, I just don't have it. Bias needed what he called airport money if he wanted to buy a magazine or a newspaper or some gum. Brown told Bias that he would give him the money, but only if he worked for it. Bias agreed, so Brown directed Bias to water shrubs that had just been planted on the property Brown owned behind the restaurant. Neighbors noticed Bias's peculiar work behind the restaurant and called Brown to wonder if all was well with the soon-to-be high NBA draft pick. He assured them there was nothing to worry about. Bias worked for about 90 minutes. Brown then wrote him a check for $37. Bias cashed the check at the bar before he left. Days later, Bias would be in New York City, drafted by the world champion Boston Celtics. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field whatever the sport whatever the moment it's never ordinary at pet 365 21 plus only must be present in ohio if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help call 1-800-GAMBLER more than a movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers, or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern-day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Lem Byers, The Mixed Legacy, on the Eight Side Network. Boston Celtics select Len Bias of the University of Maryland. It was no surprise that the Boston Celtics picked Len Bias number two in the 1986 NBA draft on June 17th. After Bias' sophomore season at Maryland, he had attended a Celtics camp run by the team's owner, Red Auerbach. Jan Volk, the team's GM at the time, first saw Bias play at the camp. He was, he, he was at camp two seasons and uh we watched him and he just it, it didn't take much to pick him out as a, in, in the crowd red red liked them a lot he, it was clear that he was uh that, that he was very um uh impressed with uh the work ethic with the um with the skill set and with the attitude he was clearly physically uh dominant he was um he was mean he had a mean, mean on-court uh, game, and uh, that was that was important. Here was the Celtics' scouting report on Bias. He was a bigger Michael Jordan with a better outside shot, but he didn't drive to the basket as well while dribbling. After the Celtics won the number two pick in the lottery in May 1986 through a trade, Bias was their prime target. Bob Ryan was covering the Celtics for the Boston Globe. Well, they're going to have number two pick. And uh, on top of being a champion, it was it was a nerve, it was orgasmic. You know, I'm telling you, people were so excited. Shortly after the draft, Bias had a series of interviews with the Celtics in Boston. As Bias departed for a flight home, he had some parting words for Volk. And I said goodbye to him at the curb. Something to the effect, "Please draft me. This is where I want to be." I never had that happen before. The Celtics felt more comfortable drafting Bias after he cleared a background check. Was, there was nothing. There was nothing different. There was nothing that stood out. There were no red flags. There were no areas of concern. Here's Lefty Drizel speaking a day after Bias died about his drug use. Well, I would be very, very surprised because Leonard just had uh, an examination by the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors and the New York Knicks, and you know, I, I'm positive there were no drugs in those examinations, and it's completely out of character for him to do anything like that. That's one thing that I told Red and. All the teams that were interested in him, they didn't have to worry about him with drugs or alcohol. He was a born-again Christian and a great person. At least one other team, though, did have concerns. The Philadelphia 76ers had the top pick in the draft before trading it to Cleveland. The 76ers' chief scout, the late Jack McMahon, felt uncomfortable about drafting bias. Pat Williams was the 76ers' general manager at the time. He said, I'm not interested. He said, there's something about him that, that concerns me. There's something about him that just isn't right. Now, Jack didn't know him. You know, he'd seen him play several times. Uh, but Jack was a wise old basketball hit. Even though we had the first pick, we did not bring him in. We did not interview him. We weren't going to take him. Williams could not claim that the concern was related to drug use. It may have been related to his style of play. Minutes after the Celtics drafted Bias, he talked with local reporter James Brown. The coach, coach our back, well, the manager our back, and he told me that uh, he told me that I wasn't going to get much, I wasn't going to stop, but I was going to get a lot of playing time for to be the sixth man. When it all came down, were you really hoping that it could have been Boston in the end? Yeah, 
I really was hoping that it was Boston, and my dream came true. Red Auerbach was elated after they had picked Bias. Here are his comments moments after Bias was picked. This is a great kid. As a matter of fact, you know, Larry Bird said that if we draft Bias, he's going to come up to the rookie camp. <laughs> That's right. He is very, very high on Bias, as Casey was and Jimmy and, and the owners, you know, Alan Kahn and Don Gaston. They're all high on him, and he's the guy we wanted, and we got him. Well, a lot of people are asking the question, how do you improve the best team in basketball? Is Len Bias the answer to that? <laughs> well, he gives us a lot of support. He can play some guard. He can play some forward. He can play a power forward, a quick forward. He is the best athlete, in my opinion, in the whole draft. And he's going to really help this ball club. You said anybody's going to have trouble breaking into the Boston Celtics lineup. Oh, he knows Lenny that. Bias. He knows that. Is Lenny Bias going to uh, take the place of uh, Kevin McHale or Larry Bird? He knows that. But he'll get his playing time. Okay. But, uh, you know, time goes. You know, time goes. Guys get older, they get more playing time. We've had guys sit around for a while, except in this particular case, he's going to play. After the draft, Boston Herald reporter Steve Bullpet noticed a sign of things to come as he walked with Bias and his family out of the arena. Bullpet flew on the same airplane from New York to Boston as Bias. And we kind of walked outside and just I was able to just capture the whole scene of kids on the street already knowing that Len Bias had been drafted by the Celtics. I remember one kid, I think, taking off his sneaker and saying, can you sign my sneaker? The next day in Boston, Bias met Celtics players and staff. He also met with reps from Reebok. Media reports at the time claimed that Bias had agreed to sign a contract with Reebok. His former coach, Lefty Drizel, said Bias told him so on a phone call. Lefty Drizel told me, he said, I just want to thank you for everything you've done for me. I just want to let you know that I signed a million-dollar contract with Reebok. But that wasn't true, says Joanne Borzakian Ouellette. She was a recently hired associate marketing manager for Reebok at the time who'd worked with Bias. So there was nothing signed. I can honestly tell you that. Still, Borzakian Ouellette added that Reebok wanted to sign a new young talent and Bias was their number one choice. The day after the draft, he spent the day in Boston. That included a tour of the Reebok headquarters located about 25 minutes from Boston. And we bring him in the office and he's very quiet and, you know, very nice, very polite. And we're pretty excited about what's going on. He's buying into everything that we've told him. And what you got to remember now, we are a very small company. We probably had 20 people there in the corporate office at the time. And we're making this pitch to him of what we'll do with him. Um, you know, what type of he would he may or may not have his own shoe. You know, it's all about what we can put together. Because these things take time. You don't just do that quickly. Um, we'd like him to be involved in the process, and he'll be right there down the street, and he can come in as often as he wants. And it was just a very positive meeting and exciting, exciting day for everybody that was there. The tour included a stop at the Reebok warehouse, where Bias stocked up on Reebok gear. So we give him and his dad some things to take with them, you know, apparel and shoes and he really likes the brand. He likes that he'll be the guy here. You know, he won't be lost in a stable of big stars anywhere else. He really, that, that was what our biggest part of the pitch was, that he would be our guy, really. 
Later, Borzaki and Ouellette asked Bias to be a surprise guest at a party Reebok held for two of its clients, Celtics players Danny Ainge and Dennis Johnson. Listen, we have this event tonight. It's our key retailers. It would be really cool to kind of unveil this um, that you're with us. Would you like to be part of that? And I remember he said, as long as you can get me back on my flight, I don't want to miss my flight because it was the last flight out of Boston. And I remember I said to him that I will not let you miss that flight, you know, and and you won't stay here tonight. And he said to me, "Um, that's good because I just missed my mom. I want to go see my mom. Bias attended the party with his dad and his agent, Lee Fentress of Advantage International. His appearance would be a surprise to the guests. And so um, we had Danny and Newton DJ, and they had just won the championship. So that was like a very cool thing. And we announced them as world champions, our very own Boston Celtics. And everybody was going nuts in this little reception room at the Sinesta. And then I, I think it was Paul Fireman said, we have another announcement today. We've had um, a special guest at the headquarters all day. And he wanted to meet all of you and say hello to all of you. And then... Um, I was standing by the door, literally listening to the door because before cell phones and nobody could text each other and say, okay, enter now. Like I'm like up to the little flap of the two doors. And then um, he said, you all know Joanne Borzaki and we're going to have Joanne, you know, open the door for the next guest. And then it was Len and then everybody went nuts. Very, um, you know, soft spoken and just, you know, sweet, kind, but, you know, didn't dominate a room or anything like that very happy to go from next guest to next guest and was with danny and dj and kind of having them you know lead them around as well with me johnny walker lens mentor remembered getting a call from bias at the reebok party walker told me he called me and said we're going to have everything we wanted i told him we don't even wear reeboks why are you going to sign with reebok you're not going to wear my shoe I don't wear Reeboks. He said he'd be home sometime tonight. I said, just call me tomorrow. I got to go to work in the morning. He said, man, you won't have to go to work no more after this. We're going to do everything and anything we ever wanted to do. I said, okay, Leonard. Okay. Borzakian recalled one thing that Bias later said while they drove to the airport. And then he just said, yeah, I I wish my mom was part of this. Like, I can't wait to get home and see my mom. Next on Len Bias, A Mixed Legacy. He was supposed to come to Coldfield House, and we had banners and everything. And we waited and we waited, and, you know, nothing nothing ever happened. Len Bias, you have to get him back to life. There's no way he can die. I said, what happened? I kept asking what happened, so I finally said it. I said, was it drugs? And David started crawling. I mean, he, just, he asked off, he screamed. Um, Scream what? Just wailing? Just wailing. Just wailing. Um, and at that point, I knew drugs were involved. I said, is his heart beating? And she said, no. And it was one other thing I asked her. I said, well, he's gone. I'll never forget. 
and I heard the news and I couldn't believe it. I pulled over the side of the road and I cried like a, I cried like a two-year-old. This podcast series is based on the book Born Ready, The Mixed Legacy of Len Bias, published by Go Grady Media. The series is produced by Go Grady Media in partnership with Octagon Entertainment. This segment was produced by Dave Ungrady and Don Marcus. It was written by Dave Ungrady and edited by Don Marcus. The narrator was Kevin Sheehan with additional narration by Jamal Williams. Technical production was provided by Octagon Entertainment. Production assistance was provided by Kevin McNulty, Tino Quagliata, Lauren Roche, Georgia Braun, Casey Fair, Jamal Williams, Kelsey Mannix, and Enzo Alvarenga. Matt Dewhurst is providing the social media assistance. Special thanks to the University of Maryland and American University for providing interviews. The Decision Education Foundation is a content and promotional partner of this podcast series. For more information, go to dogradymedia.com. This has been a production of Go Grady Media and the 8th Side Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.